Hello and welcome to Swiftly Spoken, a fan-made Taylor Swift podcast in which we analyse her artistry, including her lyricism, music videos and full album retrospectives. We are your hosts Cameron and Lisa, and in this episode we're going to be discussing all of the details behind the song This Love after the release of Taylor's version. Okay, so in this episode, we're going to give some of the interesting facts about this super underrated 1989 song and give our fresh thoughts on Taylor's version of the song while also discussing the new merchandise and what this means going forward in terms of the Taylor's version releases. It's the only song from 1989 that was a complete solo write by Taylor. She has collaborators on all other songs on that album, so obviously this is a very special song for her. It was also the first song that was written by Taylor for that album, long before the album had a theme to it or even the Grammy Awards, them fateful Grammy Awards that changed everything and led Taylor in the specific direction for 1989. Yeah, I think it's really cool that this is kind of the first um, 1989 song and the fact that when Taylor kind of changed up um, where she was going with the album and after the um, Grammys wanted to um, kind of go with a pop kind of driven 80s sound called 1989 that she kept this song that was written you know so long ago and it's interesting whether maybe its original production was slightly different or whether this was the original production that it had back when it was originally kind of written whether you know Taylor kind of changed up um, the song a little maybe to fit 1989 or not but it's really cool that this song survived that change in her kind of album theme and concept and lived on and then was put on 1989 and I'm really glad it was especially as it's a solo right solo rights are always so kind of special they always kind of have this there's something about them the solo Taylor rights that are just really kind of unique and just have this feeling about them yeah I, I agree and I think Taylor agrees as well she always feels very very you know protective of those solo rights in you know the lover era she always was like oh lover Cornelia Street them you know my, my babies <laughs> Okay, so according to the original draft that was featured in the Lover Diary um, deluxe versions of Lover, um, the song is dated to October 17, 2012, which is actually five days before the release of Red. So technically, Speak Now Taylor wrote This Love, which is (laughs) madness. Like, this... If we divide eras by album release date, yeah, that's correct. Technically, Speak Now Taylor wrote This Love. Yeah, which is just madness like and very ironic considering everything that's going on right now (laughs) exactly yeah it is yeah and also this song was written in LA as that is kind of written at the top of the um uh handwritten lyrics and it's really I was so glad in the lover era that we got these diaries we got so much kind of time stamping and stuff put on songs or kind of uh experiences that Taylor was going through and life events and I'm really really glad that she did that and gave as a kind of real look into her diaries and when stuff was crafted and created. So looking at these original lyrics then that are featured in the Lover Diary, there are some original lyrics that were not featured in the then released version of 2012. And one of these is twisting, turning, try to keep warm with someone new. And then there's another slight lyric change, um, which is, um, but you come back to what you need, you're what I need. So these were um, some of the original lyrics. Do you like these lyrics? Are you glad that they were taken out or do you wish that they were kind of included? I actually prefer the ones that were changed. Well, one was completely uh, scrapped that you're what I need was scrapped. So I don't think we really needed that. But the other one, that twisting, turning, tried to keep warm with someone new, which was changed to tossing, turning, struggled through the night with someone new. 
I kind of prefer that because trying to keep warm is one thing, but sh- you're struggling, you know, you really want yeah. thinking of the other person and you can't get through it. So I prefer the release. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I do as well, but I quite like the idea of the warm because I suppose it's from the lantern burning thing. Oh, yeah. That's where I think That's maybe that, that came from, the kind of the warm element. But I think that, yeah, the um, yeah, I think the actual release version is better rather than try to keep warm with someone new rather than but it makes sense why that was the original um lyric because it does um match with the um lantern burning and yeah i prefer tossing turning it kind of the tossing element um feels like with the the clear blue water it feels like a ship you know with the high True. tides rather yeah. than the twisting i prefer the tossing it feels a bit it matches it with kind the kind of, of lyrics yeah of, it it so is it all together in a nice little thematic kind of the water going in and out which is yeah. the song itself isn't it like it's good yeah. it's bad it's like the ebb and flow of tides really yeah exactly yeah but no um I, I really do love this song I think that it is so underrated and I think now it's not that's not going to be the case anymore um because I no. feel like it's getting a lot of attention appreciation now which I'm really glad about but for years this song was um very underrated and even it's like performance on the 1989 tour I've always loved um so I'm really glad that it's kind of getting the attention that it really deserves now. Talking about Taylor's version, there are a couple of little lyric changes or additions that I I heard when I, I listened to it for the first time. These are that in the original version, um, they're so tiny and like so silly, really, but I just thought they were interesting. In the original version, when she says, uh, lantern burning flickered in my mind, for only you she actually doesn't say for that for she says look it in my mind only you in taylor's version she does say that for oh that's interesting um, and the second thing is that in the second verse when she says and i can go on and on on and on she actually says baby i could go on and on on and on so that little addition of baby randomly yeah it's interesting and it was um not so much the case with red but i did find with fearless i think superstar um there was a couple of lyric changes and stuff that I was like oh um yes also and you belong with me couple yes of you belong with me like um I'm in my room rather than I'm in exactly the room. so the, it's interesting the, the how tiny little you know yeah words but they do they're interesting for I mean someone who's just listening casually is never going to pick that up I don't think and it doesn't really matter but for long-term fans I think they're kind of like interesting little nuggets yeah um, and weirdly so, like especially with the you belong with me it was almost like that was what i thought the lyric was anyway i'm in my yeah. room so it's right. almost like she actually changed it to what people thought it was anyway and probably should have been that i'm in the room um yeah so um it's interesting how yeah they kind of change up and whether those are intentional or just purely accidental when she's singing them um is interesting but um but yeah it's it's cool that there's a slight slight differences Another fact that we mentioned previously in our Why She Disappeared poem analysis video is that this song was actually first written in the form of a poem. Taylor said that the song, it it started off as a poem that she was just writing in her journal. She was writing about things that had happened in her life. She kind of put the journal down on her nightstand and then suddenly she was hearing these melodies in her head, you know, that went with the words that she'd just written and in the end it became a song. Also, This Love is the only song on 1989 that was produced by Taylor's longtime country producer, Nathan Chapman, who she had collaborated with on her previous four country albums. However, 
The Taylor's version is now produced by Christopher Rowe, who produced a lot of Fearless and Red Taylor's version. And he seems to take over from Nathan Chapman and is mm-hmm. producing a lot of the songs that Nathan Chapman originally produced. So what do you feel about this change? I know we mentioned it a little bit in the um, kind of Red episode, but how do you feel mm-hmm. about the change from Nathan Chapman to Christopher Rowe? Yeah, it's it's interesting to see how Christopher Rowe has kind of taken on the burden of being the the Nathan Chapman of back yeah. then, uh, the country kind of producer, because obviously for more poppy things, we've got uh, Jack, Aaron. And I think something interesting that we should mention here is that Nathan Chapman and Taylor don't seem to have any bad blood. I think that not being able to collaborate together for this probably would have gone against maybe he's Nathan's contracts or, you know, he's quite loyal to Big Machine because they do give him a lot of work and he works with a lot of countries uh, country artists within you know that sphere yeah. however he came out and defended Taylor not long ago yeah no it's interesting how he's kind of um, been replaced by Christopher Rowe but there isn't any bad blood between him and Taylor and that he still has a lot of respect for her and I can imagine that she has the same for him because at the end of the day you know he really helped craft her sound and um, especially those first four albums you know they they really have that Nathan Chapman feel to them and especially um, speak now yeah, especially Speak Now, who he did the majority of the album, or all of the album, really, with Taylor. So um, I'm really, I'm glad that, you know, there's still a lot of respect between the two. But Christopher Rowe seems to be doing a really, really good job. I was really impressed by how um, close to the original this love sounds. Um, I agree. And I, think I agree. I think did it was a really, really, really good. good job. Yeah. And especially sure. a lot of those red tracks as well sound very, very close and all the fearless tracks as well. So, yeah, they're doing a really, really good job of emulating um, that original kind of sound as we mentioned taylor has been always quite fond of this song uh she said previously that i think the one that i keep going back to over and over and over again is a song called this love actually when asked which song was her favorite from the 1989 album back in 2014 she described it as being kind of hypnotic in a way and it kind of is somewhat romantic and wistful and relaxing Okay, so it's also worth mentioning that the hidden message on the 1989 um, album CD booklet for This Love is timing is a funny thing. And also on the 1989 tour, This Love was part of the set list and it featured until the final shows in Australia when it was unfortunately cut from the set list, which I think is such a shame that it was cut. It was really interesting with the 1989 tour how lots of the the kind of set list did change quite a bit. Um, yes. I remember when All You Had To Do Was Stay got cut and then uh kind of a white horse acoustic was kind of then put in the set list for um a bit it was really interesting that taylor was really playing around the set list but i was so sad to see this love go for a period of time and these last two points that we've spoken about are things that taylor has spoken about in her two little posts that's what we've got from her uh the you know announcing the release and and for the release of this love she mentioned that it was always a song that you know was very dear to her so she was very emotional about all of this and how it was going down and then she also mentioned, uh, as it was released at midnight, that um, she had very fond mem- memories of performing it on the 1989 tour. I thought that was interesting to see that she mentioned that specifically. Me too. I did think that as well. And clearly, um, Taylor really enjoyed kind of performing this song. If the fact that she kind of remembers that as a real standout moment in the history of this song. And yeah, that was a really, really nice callback and kind of it did make me really appreciate the 1989 world tour and how fun that kind of um period was when Taylor was on tour then and um, just how cool that tour was I generally think that um, it was one of Taylor's best tours had such a cool set list and just was so fun and uh, yeah I do think that uh, this love along with like Out of the Woods are probably my um, 
two favourites from that um, 99 World Tour set list. Okay, so now we're going to discuss our opinions, even though we've mentioned them briefly, but go into more depth now on this Love Taylor's version. So what are your opinions on it overall? Well, firstly, it's so random how it all went down. We spoke like 24 hours ago and we were both chatting about how, you know, quiet everything was and then suddenly everything changed. So it's interesting to see how it was teased in a trailer this time we have it for the adaption the the book to screen adaption of the summer i turned pretty and it's interesting to see that all of the other songs that we've got up to now from 1989 tv or snippets that we've got from them have all been featured in trailers for something or another yeah uh so that was very interesting and then i thought well okay we've just got a snippet and then when i read on and to see that the whole song was going to be released yeah no i thought i thought um that it was a very slightly random one to pick off the 1989 it's interesting mm-hmm. that taylor's really keeping those big singles um kind of you know oh yeah she's she's high keeping them ready for something um because yeah this love is quite a random one really to release because it's not um it's probably one of the least well known maybe on that album um so um, I'm really glad that it's getting the appreciation but I was like oh my gosh that's uh, quite a random one to release but like you said it is really interesting that um even for Love Story that was originally teased on the Ryan Reynolds um advert uh, advert. so it's interesting that Taylor's using uh the way of like teasing and promoting these songs through trailers and um we've never really had that before um so I'm intrigued to see if that is something that's going to continue or whether it's just for 989 and these initial mm. Taylor's versions. Yeah, my, my thoughts on that is that she's doing that purposefully because I think she's showing the industry in general that it will be very easy to license her version yeah. of these songs for films, television series, adverts, whatever. Like she's saying, look, see see all the hubbub, see all, look at all of the attention that my songs and the re-recorded versions of my songs could bring to your if, projects. Yeah, I think that's very interesting, actually. I do agree with that. I think that, yeah, that's very true. That The whole point of this is so that she can own the masters to it and then the publishing rights and can choose yeah. where it goes and where it ends up. Exactly. So I think that, yeah, that is that is a really kind of a very, like, um, business and clever move of, like, yeah, look, my songs can be included in your songs, in your um, films and TV shows and can bring you a lot of attention, notoriety, um, and my versions are, you know, the ones you need to be picking. So, no, that is interesting. Um, and I think you're probably right there that that's one, one of the reasons why Taylor's doing that. OK, so other than its kind of announcement, how did you feel about, because um, obviously we got, we technically have two covers for this mm. album. We had the original one um, upon its initial announcement, which was um, of a kind of beach with this love Taylor's version written on it. And then upon its actual release, we got a different cover. So how do you feel about these covers? It, it said, like, the cover's going to change with its release. I was like, oh, what are we going to get? Are we going to get something special? Are we going to get, like, another kind of, like, Polaroid-y thing that she might have taken at a similar time to the Wildest Dreams cover? Yeah. And then we basically got a reused photo from a reused photo shoot. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Which, you know, fa- fa- fair enough. She doesn't, all of this, to be honest, she doesn't have to do. And it's probably, though it is very exciting to get these things and how she's doing it. Uh, at the same time, I she must be annoyed that she has to do it all in the first place. So I get that, you know, we don't have to, we shouldn't expect new things and, and loads of new content for every single little thing that she does do in in reference to Taylor's version but yeah I was kind of disappointed that it was basically just one of those right for fearless right 
uh, yeah, like a... the kind of fearless Evermore. Um, yeah, but mainly the fearless side of the Evermore photo shoot because there's like three parts to that photo shoot. Yeah, but yeah, it's from that stood in front of the um, like bush. <laughs> I was like I said, the initial kind of cover. I was kind of like, oh, okay. Uh, it yeah. reminded me a bit of the Love Story Taylor's version cover, which was not great. Um, oh, or the You All Over Me one. I wasn't a huge fan of those covers, but mm. um, but then. But then when it was changed, when they said that it was temporary, I thought, oh, does that mean that then we're going to get a 1989 Taylor's version cover announcement? Um, and then obviously upon its release, we got that. And I thought, oh, and, and it's like it's it's cool. And I think it really works for the song. And that is the photo shoot that keeps on giving. But I yeah. kind of want it to stop giving now. I'm like, okay, you know, we've had <laughs> we've had Evermore, enough. <laughs> we've had Fearless. We've had Red. And I just don't feel like 1989 can come from that same photo shoot. I just don't. I just, I don't know, I really hope, I really, really hope that 1989 is a Polaroid photo shoot like the original. Um, right. And I, and I just don't know if maybe, you know, the ever more fearless red photo shoot is going to work. Um, because out of the two covers so far, I prefer the Wildest Dreams one. That feels more 1989. Definitely, um, Even sure, just with yeah. the sunglasses and stuff. It um, felt like its own thing, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I was hoping that, yeah, we were going to get something quite similar to that for the temporary cover and also how do you feel about the white border um that's being put mm. around these covers because they really kind of contrast with the other taylor's version covers that obviously don't have anything like that and i guess that it's trying to mimic the polaroid feel exactly. but it doesn't really look like a polaroid yeah it's it's a polaroid it's not it's a normal picture posing as a polaroid picture yeah so it's always going to look a bit strange in that case but i yeah i i kind of get it. it's like listen it's it's 1989 we've slapped a little board around it yeah it's a polaroid. so i guess that's i i would say that's probably why but yeah it's not it was a kind of underwhelming to see that but at the same time you know the picture works and yeah. um the only thing that i have seen is people believing that this the same thing that happened with the Wildest Dreams release. They believed back then that that would be the album cover. And now people also, I've seen a few conversations about people thinking that this will be the 1989 album cover. And um, not to be, you know, mean or, or anything. I honestly hope that we get something different like you just mentioned. Me too. And I can go with the Wildest Dreams one, but I honestly don't think that this one would be a cover no, for the whole no. thing. It just it... doesn't give any... 1989 vibes no it doesn't give anything 1989 and doesn't mimic whereas the fearless and red ones enhance on the originals and took the yes. elements of the originals and you know spun them in a way um like with the fearless one obviously with the hair flipping and then for the red one with the kind of shadow over the eyes and the red lips and looking across um you know that they were mimicked and enhanced upon whereas this just doesn't have anything to do with the original no um, no no so i yeah I, I hope that this isn't the original and i don't believe that it is it uh, isn't the 1989 tennis version cover and i hope that it isn't really like i said out of the two i would prefer the wildest dreams one but mm. um, i don't feel like uh this is the one because i feel like um it would be incredibly lazy to then use that photo shoot again <laughs> <laughs> yeah and not even yeah. a, another section of the photo shoot because the yeah fearless, it's literally the same one <laughs> yeah like the fearless and red photo shoots as much as they were part of the evermore one they were done for fearless yeah, they and were a specific part of the photo yeah. shoot where it was like okay so these ones are going to be dedicated to this these ones yeah. are going to be dedicated to that and then well the rest is just general stuff exactly yeah um but whereas this one was like part of the fearless stuff so i hope sure. uh, i hope not but um but yeah it is 
Um, it was interesting and I'm glad that we got another cover. It makes it a bit more exciting and gives them a kind of new life. And maybe we might get, um, before Taylor's version of 1989 does come out, we might get a couple more like um, single drops. Um, I know that next week is Friday the 13th. So yes. There's lots of talk about that that could be an announcement day or a this possible going release down. day. Um, and <laughs> yeah. I, 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 could, I could definitely get on board with that. I feel like now Taylor is back um, hmm. because she's had well, quite a bit of time off. So I feel like maybe now, you know, something. Before we get too much into that and into discussing all this crazy new merch and what it all might mean, uh, we've discussed what we thought about bits and bobs about this love its release and its cover but what about the song itself do you think it holds up to the original yeah the original i think it does i think it really really holds up to the original i find that it's a lot more clear in the original taylor's vocals are clearer the production is more distinct and clearer not as muffled um and i think that's the case for a lot of these taylor's versions that they they have more clarity to them the way that taylor sings them is more pronunciated her vocals are clearer um, other than Holy Ground, I find Holy Ground slightly um, muddy in its production. I don't know why, but I just do. Right. Um, but other than that, I find that all the others are just so, you can just, I don't know, you can, you're noticing things. Maybe it's because you're listening to it to try and find differences. I'm not too sure. Yeah, like you're so intently yeah. listening to it. Like no one usually listens to music quite like that. Yeah, but, but I, I, I agree. Yeah. I think that, yeah, it sounds really, really good. And I was really, really impressed. What did you think? Did you think the same? Yeah, I agree really liked it listen to it and to be honest like you said it, it is she does such a good job with these things I mean can you imagine having to because yeah she's sung these songs hundreds and thousands of times same thing happened with fearless and after a couple of listens it's like it is like the one that you always had to be honest exactly that's with, how I that's how yeah. I feel about it yeah it's like it sounds the first time you hear it it's like oh gosh this feels like a cover and then because it's like you're noticing all the slight changes and slight differences. It almost feels like mm-hmm. a live version or a different remix. That's and true. Then, and then you get used to that version. Then you're like, oh, no, this this is the this love. Taylor must feel quite a lot of pressure uh, surrounding each of these already recorded Taylor's version releases. Because the vault in the end, you know, it, it can be whatever she wants it yeah. to be. But these re-recorded ones, the ones that we've already had and cherished for such a long time, I think she must feel a lot of pressure and she is quite a perfectionist. It's very difficult to mimic something so, so spot on. And she, I think she does a good job. Yeah, no, I agree. I think because, yeah, if you're not mimicking it and creating and making it like the original, then you're giving people a reason to listen to the original because I think, oh, I, I prefer exactly. the original. So, That's it. And the fact that that, you know, that she can do that. Like I have never, since Fearless and Red have come out, I haven't ever listened to the originals, even on CD, vinyl, okay. or on mm-hmm. my iTunes. And I, cause I bought them at the time. So, you know, listening to them on my iTunes wouldn't um, give streams. And I've, but I've never honest, ever gone back. There's no real reason to. No. There's, if, if there was a big reason, I would agree with you. Like if there was some, for example, Goal at Home. Okay. If you're attached to the original, yeah. that's fine. But for the rest of it, they're so similar. They're, they're basically the same song. There's no reason to. I, I'm really excited for Debut because I know yes. that I always say this, but Debut is a very underrated album, even by myself. I sometimes kind of find myself going back to Speak Now, back to Fearless. Yeah. And then I might listen to one or two off Debut and I'm like, oh, this is actually quite a good album. Yeah. <laughs> Why haven't I been here in such a long time? But it is quite, you know, her, her voice is is that of a teenager which yeah. is normal so it's going to be interesting to see how she kind of emulates that 
but yeah that country accent will it completely come back for some of those songs yeah that'll be very interesting to see for sure definitely but other than that and especially for the songs from 1989 and reputation i think they're going to be so spot on um um, vocal wise production wise is something different i know quite a few people were saying that wildest dreams wasn't exactly the same as um the original recording but for me in in this love i found them the production to be so so bang on me too yeah um with wildest dreams i kind of initially i did feel like the production was like different but it's the only version i've listened to now since its release so yeah um, so you've so that's that's just become my wildest dreams that you know that you listen to um so but this love it was just like oh this you could have played me this and i probably wouldn't if you just played it in the background and i hadn't wasn't paying any attention i probably would have thought it was the original because mm. it yeah. sounds so um like the original and yeah i think that this one so far out of the two that we've got from wildest dreams and this love sounds the most like its original version okay so now we're going to briefly um talk about the new merchandise that also dropped yesterday where we had a 989 and speak now collection so when this was announced i was in shock like i literally was like what like what's happening we've got like all this 989 merch we've got this love coming out and we've also got speak now merch so what do you think about why so uh, there's so much to talk about with this merchandise Mm, that it's hard to know where to start what we have is a release of merch that don't have Taylor's version written on it, yes. that are labelled under the old Taylor, and um, that feature the logos from back in the 1989 era and, and the speak now. that are the original ones. Now, this has got a lot of people thinking that she's got the rights back, maybe. Um, mm. People are also discussing that her, her caption, where she mentions the turn of events, yep. means that she might have got her master's back. Personally, well, until she says anything, none of us really know. So we could all be wrong. But personally, I don't think she has because it would defeat the object of releasing this love. The fact that we got those, we got that OG logo. When I saw that, I literally freaked out. I was like, what? Like, we've got Mm. the original logo back. I was so excited. So to be fair, it was more that that I was like just so stoked about. Yeah. We got the sparkly I've seen a lot of discussion of that. Yeah, yeah like that they were the things that, that you know and the seagull necklace it was those things that was just such a nice kind of cool back to the original and yeah i'm i'm really not sure how to feel about it all and what this means because the fearless and red uh, merchandise the taylor's version stuff everything had fearless taylor's version red taylor's version and had new logos you know we didn't have the original you know mm. red logo or the original og taylor swift logo so it's interesting that we've got those in the back now and what that means. I don't really know much about logos and what rights you no, have to certain stuff. quite complex because if you notice, I mean, we're deep diving here and probably overthinking something as Swifties, we tend to do. If you look at 1989 and Speak Now itself, neither use their original typeface on anything. So the fonts, when she like for the actual title of the album, mm. the fonts aren't being used. But her name, like you said, are the original versions. So the TS or the 1989 merch is in her writing, which is the font from the 1989 era. And obviously the original original logo uh, of Tate Swift, her name. So I'm going to give my thoughts, but I have no, again, I have no idea about copyright, logos, typefaces, fonts. No. So my opinion, two things are going on here. Firstly, Remember when we spoke about all of this copyright of 
1989, Taylor's yes. version, yep. Speak Now, Taylor's version. Perhaps those papers are still, you know, on the way through because they wouldn't have ever stopped her from releasing music from what I understand, but yep. they would have stopped her from producing certain types of merchandise items. Yeah. So perhaps that's one of the reasons that Taylor's version isn't appearing on these items. And secondly, the two specific logos or fonts that are in question one is basically her name so i guess she has the rights to that because 13 management must have that at this point yeah and the other one is made from her handwriting so perhaps that also has something to do with it that's just me explaining it all away because i feel like if she didn't have to re-record anymore or if it had all been sorted somehow or if something had happened i do honestly feel like we wouldn't have got the re-recording of this love yeah and see this is the thing that i found with this is um the one of the things that i did find interesting was that on the website and stuff it was listed as like mm. 1989 and speak now and yeah this old yes, taylor the old thing taylor. is yeah. very strange um and obviously the fact that these logos are back is very strange but the thing that i've always found is i've always had this slight fear of oh what would happen if taylor did get the rights back to her original masters mm-hmm. does that yeah. mean she stops with these taylor versions because technically it makes them it, you know, does it make the Taylor's versions redundant? Because people are like, oh, well, why do I need to listen to those because she owns the originals anyway? Well, this is it. It should be Obviously, dividing hardcore her, fans. her work. Yeah. Yeah. Hardcore fans would still listen to the origin- uh, to the Taylor's versions, but I've always had this fear of, oh, gosh, what if she does get it back? And then, so say if she did get it back, would that mean, you know, she wouldn't ever release 1989 Taylor's version and we wouldn't get all those vault songs? Like, you know, like, that's the thing that I find that is the saddest mm. is that we wouldn't get to hear the vaults. Um, yeah so it is interesting it's true i'm kind of i have to selfishly agree because it's like i really want that but at the same time i think that if something were to happen i think she'd give us kind of like a a compilation kind of thing of vault songs that she's already gone through and prepared because you've got to remember these things don't happen in a day and something that you've brought up many times is that you believe that and I, i completely agree with you um that 1989 was started way way before red um yeah or, or even the red announcement um and this is just another puzzle piece that kind of shows that it probably was how things are so prepared and, and ready to, to be serviced and that so yeah it's all very interesting i suppose we're very much in the dark so we're all left guessing and yeah. that's the worst part of it because you know a million things could have happened or nothing could have happened i think we'll find out shortly mm. uh but it does leave us clowning yeah and it i think it was also the caption of like yeah the recent turn of events yeah it's like oh what turn of events or maybe she is referencing the copyright problems that they've had um you know maybe now that's all resolved or yeah i didn't read too much into it but Mm. only because i've been i've seen so many theories and stuff i think i'm still burnt from this recent ts10 theory oh yeah Uh, so i people read so much into things when sometimes she's not writing an easter egg always no I think the fandom sometimes gets a bit carried away with Easter eggs. But then yeah, again, then Taylor will pull out some random stuff that they will be an Easter egg, like the most obscure thing that you've ever heard. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think, I think also that I'm I, at a loss. I, I think people probably wouldn't have read into it if this merchandise hadn't come out with all That's the true. original true. logos and no Taylor's version mention on anything. That's true. And I think Taylor Nation would have known that as well. Yeah. You know? So, again, I'm, I'm very confused about it all uh mm. my opinion is what i said the reasonings behind it but again maybe i'm reading too much into it and explaining yeah. it all away so the other thing that 
happens here is it really leaves us confusing if re-recordings still are on the table, which as far as we know, they, they are. Yeah. If they're not, I mean, it'd be completely different. But as far as we know up right now, what will be coming next? Because yes. if you were to just give a 1989 merch, I'd be like, okay, well, we know the path that we're on. But including Speak Now merch as well. But no debut or reputation. Yeah. It's really strange because, yeah, debut is in elements of the Speak Now yes. merch with yeah. the kind of the yeah. guitar pick and stuff. But not distinct, not, you know, not like a set out debut kind of merch. So it's yeah. really strange to pick, yeah, just 1989 and speak now and because realistically taylor might not be able to re-record reputation until november of this year but she could still yeah. technically release merchandise of it you know that doesn't... exactly this is it so it's really strange and i think that yeah and we've known for a while that we feel like 989 and speak now are next um it's one of the two but it's strange that they're still not letting us know really they're still not distinctly saying this is what is next you it's know it's funny and... i don't know if i don't know i I heard a lot of people, and I want to know your opinion on this, talking about a double release. See, yeah, I've seen, I've seen this, and as, as as cool as this would be, I would feel slightly overwhelmed if we got I a double agree. release. And I don't think Taylor would do that because then it would mean that one of them wouldn't go number one because they'd be competing up against each other. You know, this is be it. Like Even if you do yourself. one week and then the next, it creates. Imagine if we get, I don't know, six vault songs on each. Yeah, that puts up. That puts us in, in both cases, over 25-ish songs. Yeah. That's like 50 songs. Yeah, which is a lot to take in. Like, I remember when Red came out, 30 songs was so much. Yeah, that much. was so much. Like, it took two hours to kind of get just on the initial listen to get through that album. Um, like, you know, it was a great two hours, don't get me wrong, but it was like, it just took, mm-hmm. it just felt so overwhelming. Of like, oh gosh, you got all these songs. And it felt like a, a while before I could properly digest all of the Vault songs while also digesting the new versions of the originals. So, yeah, I think that a double release would just be insane. That would just be such a volume of music that I think that you would just be competing with yourself, really, and not and not really giving either much time or light, because there would just be so much to talk about. So I just... Personally, I don't feel like that would be a very sensible thing to do, and I don't think Taylor would do that. She's very um, business-savvy and very clever. Um, so I feel like that would be a misstep, um, but I do feel like, though, these two are coming. I think it would be really strange to release merchandise for albums that are not coming soon. But now I'm just like, I have no idea what's going on. Me too. And But I do feel like, though, that w- the fact that now we have two songs off of 1989, I think that it would be strange to then release, say, Speak Now. Speak Now, yeah. And we've when... got a snippet of Bad Blood. Exactly, yeah. We've got a snippet of Bad Blood. We've got two songs now. So, yeah, I feel like we... I, th- I think 1989 is definitely next, but I do think that the turnaround into Speak Now will be quite quick. I think it'll I be agree. quicker than Fearless to Red. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think you're right with that. But I don't know. I guess we can only but wait and see. Okay, so we've now come to the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening, but make sure you follow us over on Instagram at Swiftly Spoken Podcast. Subscribe to us on YouTube and give us a like and review on Spotify, Amazon Music, and Apple Podcasts.